Friday, excuse me, Sunday night, 7 o'clock time for another edition of the Sports Phone here on KZYX. Jerry in Oregon, Jim in the studio holding things down. Jim, we're on our third Sunday. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. You almost said Friday night tonight. I did, and I feel like that's going to be a thing for a while just because it's it was a habit that was ingrained in me for, for very, very long. Do you, um, remember, do you remember when we first started the sports phone? I couldn't get out of the habit of... of uh, I would give out our home phone. Yeah, for the, I remember that. For the call-in number. Oh, and by the way, that online auction you were talking about? Yeah. Um, um, it 100% is benefiting the new Ukiah building that is being renovated to host KZYX. Do you ever say that on the sports phone? In about a year, KZYX is moving to Ukiah. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I feel like we might have mentioned it, but I don't ever remember like specifically talking about it. it it's funny going going back, Jim, to kind of the, the show real quick. I don't remember how I did the show, like how I did our opening back at the beginning when we were doing it on Wednesday afternoons. I, I don't ever remember being like being being going. It's Wednesday afternoon, five o'clock or whatever time we did the show. I, I don't remember what those openings were like, and I have huh. I have no recollection of how we did it. I think, saying, I think saying it's Wednesday afternoon, three thirty or whatever time we did the show. That doesn't roll off the tongue very well. It was three o'clock, and I think you said it's Wednesday, three o'clock, time for the sports. Fight. I don't know. Something about that just doesn't sound good. I don't, I don't know. I don't like it for some reason. It, it doesn't sound as good as Friday night or Sunday night. I don't know. It's that's just this is the way it came came out. It didn't sound right. To, but I, am, I just don't remember doing it. I am totally totally into sunday nights already it only took yeah. me three yeah. you talked about getting used to it last week i'm telling you right now i'm already used to it yeah i love it i love it it's it's a good time well for the for people that are tuning in for the first time on this sunday night uh the sports phone this is an open forum sports talk show uh very simply put jim and i have been around the world of sports for a long time uh players coaches fans we we've been in it we've been in it in every way and level uh, we like to spend this hour talking about sports with you, the listeners uh, in the KZYX listening area. It can be anything. can be professional sports, college sports, high school sports, rec stuff, controversies, stories, topics, questions, anything you want to talk about. We are here. We're going to open up the phone lines, and we want you to drive the subjects, whatever is on your mind, as long as it is sports-related in one form or another. You can give us a call at 707-895-2448. That is, again, 707-895-2448. Give us a call if you want to talk about sports. Again, even if you don't like what Jim and I are talking about, you can call and change the subject. We will gladly go in whatever direction you, the callers, want to discuss. And, I, and, I, and, I, am, and I am actually going to challenge the callers tonight. I, I really have fun when someone tries to stump the hosts. Do I remember? Sure. I mean... Uh, Kamor Pelman started that. She was proud of it, and um, she put a lot of time into it. We've had a few other people. I, I, I am putting that out there. Try to uh, stump the host. We're, we're willing to, we're willing to try to answer any trivia that you have. Yeah. Yeah, it's always fun as well. So give us a call, 707-895-2448, if you've got anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports. Um, so to get started today, uh, Jim and I were kind of going over stuff uh, before the show, and I, I want to quickly, Jim, I think we need to acknowledge that our uh, knowledge base for local sports 
huh. is not what it was two years ago, um, or let's, even a year ago for that matter. Well, let's uh, let's be just, can, let's be specific here. How how long has Paul been dead? Paul Paul McCarthy's been gone. I think I think about it in terms of sports seasons. So the the previous like the COVID season, and then I think the, maybe the one before that. I believe. Oh, really? I could. I could. So maybe I, I think about it that way. But regardless of that, Jim yep, and I, yep, as, yep. as any longtime listeners know, um, know that we have made an effort to highlight local schools and kind of bring you know local high schools into the kind of the spotlight and give them the recognition they deserve. Uh, we are still going to do that. Uh, we are we are kind of working on new ways, new methods to do that. Um, not having Paul McCarthy with us anymore, who was a huge resource for us to bring us those updates. Um, so we still intend to talk about local sports as we go through here, but again, just we're figuring out new ways to do it uh, since we kind of have to look at what our resources are. Um, so with that being the case, one thing I'd like to say before we kind of dive into what we do have in the local sports world, um, if you, the listeners, are out there connected with any of the local high schools, whether that be Mendocino County schools, Lake County schools, and have any updates you want to bring to the table about any of the teams in winter sports or you want to kind of recap anything that happened during the fall, we open up the phone lines and welcome those calls, 707-895-2448. So if you've got anything for any of the local high schools that Jim and I may miss uh, on a week-by-week basis, please feel free to give us a call and, and keep keep us in the loop because local sports are a huge part of why we love doing this show. So please give us a call if you do have anything you would like to talk about in that regard. I like that guy that, that guy that calls. Oh, remind me, Jerry, the guy that calls from Moscow, is, is, is that Kansas? Idaho. Idaho. I'd like to hear what's going on in high school sports in in Moscow, Idaho. <laughs> anyway, uh, you want me to you want see we don't have an interview tonight. You want me to start with just a, a couple things I know about local sports? Yeah, I think we have a few updates that that we do have about different local sports teams that we kind of were able to put together. Um, I don't think we need to have this kind of devolve too much into just reading off a bunch of schedules um, because we know that that wasn't the best radio when we tried that in the past. But we do have some updates to kind of give. Um, Yeah, Jim, I'll let you go ahead and give yours first, and then then I'll kind of read a few off, and then we'll we'll go from there. Well, mine and your alma mater, I'm going to start there because that's the one, the little bit that I know is the Mendo Varsity Boys are four and two. They just came back. Basketball. Basketball. Boys basketball. Uh, they, they came back from the Pescadero tournament, which was my favorite weekend of the coaching. Um, for my last, oh boy, five to six years, I started taking our team down to Pescadero south of Half Moon Bay. Took about, you know, five, six hours to get there, and we'd stay three nights in a hotel, and it, it was a great team building thing, the whole thing. And uh, I'm proud to say, in a in those five years, I lost one game in that tournament. I lost in the finals to Archbishop Hanna the first year, then I won four years in a row. I have heard that the boys lost in the first round and then won the second two and um, uh, uh, won the consolation side of the tournament, the loser side, and the girls won their first two games and lost in the championship game by two. I always like to give a shout-out to Casey and company in Pescadero, that small town has got it going with the tournament. They got local yeah. support. It was so much fun going down there. And uh, a lot of times we were the public school and we were playing against a lot of private schools and all the Pescadero fans really supported us for being a public school. It was fun. Anyway, that, that yeah. that's uh, that's a little shout-out to, to uh, the Port- Pescadero 
Hoop Dreams Small School Basketball Tournament in Pescadero, California, down south of Half Moon Bay. Um, the girls' team, I think, is about even. They won two games there. We saw just them. yeah. You just you just mentioned that <laughs> the girls' team. Yeah. Yeah. No, and and I um, I think they're about even for the year. Um, they got some good young players. I watched them play a game. Uh, shout out to Marshall Brown, who is um, live streaming all the home games for Mendocino. What do you have, Jer? Uh, yeah, I have a couple. Um, I think much like we've kind of talked about this with Mendocino College, uh, I think Ukiah gets lost in the shuffle a little bit because they're the, the big school outlier that doesn't play any of the other schools in the area. Um, both their basketball teams are off to a good start this year. Uh, Ukiah's boys are 3-1, and one, and their girls are 4-1. and one. Uh, Both of them off to good starts, uh, having some good games. Both have been very competitive, even in their losses. Uh, as we know, with Ukiah, that schedule doesn't get any easier, though, as the year goes. That's a, a big school playing some very, very good basketball teams in the Santa Rosa area. So their schedules will not get any easier. And then the only other one I had uh, wanted to give a shout out to Point Arena's boys basketball program, uh, headed by Warren Galetti, who you have played, who you have coached against, who I have played against. Uh, they are three and two. They're off to a good start uh, in Point Arena as well. So those are kind of some of the local updates we were able to find. Again, if you know of any local schools. Uh, that you want to give any updates to again whether it be basketball if there's wrestling going on or any other sport that is going on and you want to provide any updates you can give us a call 707-895-2448 give us a ring or if you've got anything else you want to talk about going on in the world of sports 707-895-2448 all right so jerry you know what i'd like to do to get started before we do this day to keep things in chronological order i'd like to do last week in the sports phone um Two weeks ago, we had an amazing conversation about um, one of the more negative aspects of, of coaching. And, well, it can be. And, you know, you, you're coaching now and you're coaching a program where 80 kids come out and you had to cut 27. We talked to Tim Anderson about it. We talked to me about it. And I coached like cut like two kids. And we had all these people calling up saying what their experience were getting cut. Uh, that was two weeks ago. And last week, it was slow here on the phones, and I think it has something to do with Thanksgiving. But we had a great conversation about what coaches have done for us. You and I talked about the coaches that affected our lives. Tim Anderson talked about the coaches that affects his lives. So I'd like to open up the phones, and, and if anyone's listening this week, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it out there as how have coaches affected your life? You know, the coaches you had as a youth or, or in college or in high school or in, in Little League. Um, that's all I have, Jerry. I just want to open up the phone lines and see if we have anybody that, that didn't hear us last week that wants to tell us about some of their coaching experiences or, or being yeah. co- being coached. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Feel free to give us a call and talk about that in, in any way, shape, or form. If you have anything you'd like to contribute to that conversation that Jim and I had last week, just about kind of the influence that coaches have had over us. And again, the number to do that, 707-895-2448. All right. Where do we go from right. oh, this day in, Well, this day in sports? Yeah, I think we, we might as well start with that. It's kind of a regular thing on the show. It is December 5th. What do you have, Jim, on this day Dece- in the history of sports? December 5th, 2008. You know... 2008? Uh, 2008. We picked the same one. <laughs> O.J. Simpson's got sentenced um, 
after a totally commercial publicized I mean, they had video of him trying to drive down the highway. They, they had the whole, the whole court case on. Any sports fans? I mean, it's one of those things in sport. Where were you when OJ was being tried? I mean, do you remember it, Chair? You, so you were. Uh, this was before my time. For your time, the OJ Simpson murder trial was before really anything I I remember. Before you remember, yeah, it, it was a big thing. It was a big thing. He got sentenced that day. Um, I don't even know what 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 he got sentenced for eventually, um, but I do know he got sentenced on this day in two thousand and eight, and it was a big deal in sports. Um, yeah, I was four years old during that murder trial, so I don't remember much of it. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it's funny though. The, the the thing that I always remember about oj simpson and this is coming from you you know telling me about it was i just anytime he kind of came up i always remember you telling me he's like, oh you got to go watch highlights of him playing football because i never really realized for a certain point that oj simpson even was a football player he was just a name that i knew for for this murder trial there's the whole part of him being a football player that like you told me to go back and watch and those highlights are very impressive. Like his when he was a his, star in the NFL. His 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 um, highlights at USC were just crazy. When he was, I mean, remember he was in the NFL just one year prior to that. He was in college football. His highlights in college football were even crazier. I mean, uh, all I can say is, you tell me the best, the best running back out of the last five years. If there's somebody that's far and away that person, that's what OJ was before he got um, right. You know, he, he he was he may have been the, one of the best running backs ever. You know, we got a call, Jer. All right. Hello, you're on the sports phone. Okay, um, O.J. Simpson was acquitted on the murder trial. So what happened in 2008? He was later convicted on some uh, fancy dancy scam thing in a hotel room where he was selling something that was stolen property or something. And he spent time on that. I forget what the charges were, but they had nothing to do. With it was armed robbery. Armed robbery. So, so it, they call it armed robbery, right? It, it doesn't sound like it didn't, wasn't like he went to a bank or something. But I guess he no, pulled a gun no. and tried to, <laughs> tried to take something from somebody in, in a hotel room. So I didn't there read that. I didn't. People involved. I didn't read that real closely. I just saw O.J. Simpson yeah. and and. Um, Right. So this was years after. So if, if you, if you know, yeah, I, I don't know how many a good ten or so. I mean, when the O.J. Simpson trial was happening, it was the only is the only story in town. Yeah. Everybody was watching it. Uh, I, I got drawn into. It. I couldn't stay away, and so forth. Right. It was just mesmerizing, and of course, uh, notwithstanding the quantity of evidence that was just overwhelming as it could be, he was acquitted. So that that's, caused, that's what I remember. Uh, as you can imagine, something of a stir. You must remember that part of it. I. I I, I remember I watched a lot of it. Yeah. Um, there's some cliches. I mean, was it the first? I don't know if Jerry, if you can pull up this kind of details, or, or the, if the caller knows, was this the first big time trial ever on television? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I'm just without being able to think of one. I would think the answer to that is no. Huh. And to mention what you mean by big time trial too. Yeah, uh, sure. There's probably been other trials on TV. Yeah, I I I, I don't remember yeah. other trials. Uh, I don't either. I don't either. But I'm sure there were some. Hmm. Well, Did, was the Watergate stuff tried? 
Was that on TV? Uh, wasn't that that's way before my time. Was there not? Or did he, I forget. Nixon? But as far as, I'm sure there were other trials. But uh, the important thing is the Simpson thing. It was an acquittal on the murder stuff. That's, yes, yes. Right. I, I, do remember, yes. I do remember that. Right. Well, thanks yes. for the update on OJ. Okay. Okay. See ya. Huh. Well, I, I didn't, uh, yeah, I, I didn't. no, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. So the, the two different two different things. The 2008 thing with O.J. Simpson was 33 years in prison for kidnapping and armed robbery. So, but yeah, as as I was saying before the call, uh, that the biggest thing for me that stands out with O.J. Simpson is you telling me to go watch his highlights uh, because he was a huh. yeah. very impressive running back for the years he was in the NFL and in college. Yeah, it was it was it was really something. No, all right. So that's uh. <clears throat> That's that. Uh, do you have? Do you have anything? Remember that old uh, um, segment we had in the past today in sports? Anything happened? Yeah. Today. Yeah. So this is one that I don't think either one of us really care about, but it's <laughs> definitely out there, and I think there's a lot of people that do care about it. Uh, the final college football playoff rankings were released today. Um, and in turn with that, they announced the bracket for the 14 college football playoff, uh, Alabama, number one, Michigan, number two, Georgia, number three, and Cincinnati, number four. So those are the four teams that are going to be playing in the college football playoff, uh, Alabama and Georgia, definitely kind of the two favorites. And then I think Michigan under them. And then Cincinnati's like way, way down there as a, as a surprise, but they went undefeated. They won their conference, uh, and they're getting the recognition for that. So, Jim, I know that we don't have a lot of interest in college football, but I'll be rooting hard for Cincinnati just because I want upsets N- and I want chaos. NPR, on, on the way in, I was listening to NPR, and and they said that um, that Cincinnati team you're talking about is the first team ever to – First team ever to, to to not be one of the big something. Um, oh, to not be from one of the major conferences. Right, right, right. Yeah, to not be probably it's probably not to be from the big the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the SEC, or the Pac twelve. They one of the one of one of us outside of the major four, or whatever they they call it specifically. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Yeah, I uh, had an interesting experience last night. You know, I. Uh, I, you know, watch various different sports and have watched, you know, records and things start converging as women are becoming better and better in a lot of sports. In fact, in extreme endurance running, they're starting to win things. Because I guess when you run long enough, the estrogen actually helps your body keep functioning when, you know, your body would just fall apart otherwise after like these grueling three days endurance races and stuff. But I was down at a local steakhouse last night. And I was watching women's basketball up on one of the big screens, and it was big name. I mean, Baylor versus, I forget who they played last night. And I was just really impressed, like how hard they were playing and diving for the ball. And, and then on the screen next to it popped up a men's college basketball game of two schools I had never heard of. <laughs> so these are obviously not the total top tier. Yeah. And it's actually kind of a little discouraging at that point watching the two games because although those women were playing incredibly hard, just truly amazing, just the skill level of those male players in no-name schools was off the chart better. 
I mean, it was true. And I've always been raised, you know, women can do anything and be just as good. Dude, it wasn't the case. And it was really stark having those two big screens next to each other up there on the wall. And, like, watching the men run down the court and they just watching them cut and watching them come up in the way that they shot. It, it was kind of discouraging to anybody that thinks that men and women are going to ever play basketball anywhere near the same level. It was truly well, kind of discouraging to watch. I yeah, I, I think so. So as a starting point for this, I, women's college basketball is in. I, I think it's in one of the best states like it's been in in a long time. Um, and and I say that just because they're out of the the era and Jim you've made this comparison before they're out of the era of that that men's basketball went through at one point when UCLA won like I think nine out of ten years they won at NCAA championships women's basketball has finally gotten out of the the UConn era where it was just UConn winning every single year and it's gotten much much more competitive I think over the last four or five years where there, there's not one team that's clearly better than everybody else at this point um teams that are kind of like the standards you know UConn is still in the top five but there's other teams Stanford Baylor South Carolina Louisville's had a bunch of really good teams recently Arizona had a great run last year so I I think women's basketball in the college level is in a really good place right now because there isn't anything uh because because it isn't one team that dominates it anymore I I wouldn't make the comparison to men's college basketball. I I guess if you're saying, you know, is there going to just be college basketball at some point and it's not going to be men's and women's, maybe you can make, you know, maybe there's something to say there. But beyond that, like, I I wouldn't compare the two really in any way because I think, again, from a competitive standpoint, women's college basketball is in as good of a spot as it's ever been because it is so much more balanced than it was – you know, maybe say ten years ago or seven, eight years ago, when when it was just University of Connecticut every year. So, I, I guess I don't really understand what was di- what the discouraging part because I think that it's it's not fair to compare the two directly. I I think the caller, I think you still you still there, caller. Yeah, I'm still. Yeah, there. Um, I I think what he was comparing here was the actual skill level of the two teams versus uh, of the men's teams versus the the women's teams and i'm but why is that discouraging i think what i what heard him saying i'll let him talk again here in a second i just wanted to chime in is that i think if you were expecting if if the women's sport is is gaining momentum fast and getting better and better and better i don't think the goal of women's basketball is to be in the same league, literally in the same league with men. It's going to stay women's basketball. I don't think their goal is to end women's basketball and just have NCAA basketball with men and women on the same team, if that's what you're suggesting. I don't think that's going to happen. No, that wasn't you know what I was taught. Well, it, it depends on how you look at sort of the meta issue because I grew up in an area era you know, where women weren't even allowed in lots of sports. So in order to sort of change that and break that, there was a lot of, you know, women can just be can be just as good if you pick the best women and you train them from young like you do with the boys. You know, they're not really any better athletes just because they're guys. There was a whole era where that happened. 
as sort of a counterbalance to the people saying, oh, you know, women can't do anything. And so it went sort of beyond as a way to pull it. So, I mean, I remember when my sister wasn't allowed to play soccer at the school she was at, even though she was the fastest runner in the school because they didn't want the girls beating the boys at this little Christian school she was going to. And, <laughs> and it was, you know, it was just so ridiculous. And I went in and had an argument with the, you know, the um, headmaster of the school and stuff. And just, so my life has been sort of trying to provide opportunity, being, you know, cheerleader for all of it. But then to, I mean, in college basketball today, especially when you're talking upper levels women's programs, everybody in that program has had an incredible amount of training. Oh, yeah. They have been coached. They've gone to travel leagues. They've done everything. So when I was watching those two basketball games, I was basically watching the best women had to offer. I mean, Baylor, that's a hell of a program. Oh, yeah. And, and then I'm watching men's programs where I've never even heard of the schools and just watching how much better shooters the men were. And I was, like, looking for an explanation of it. It's like, why? Why are these men so much better shooters? That's a technique you learn. And it's, it's, you know, what is there that makes so when I watch that, and, you know, I'm going, why aren't these women just as good as these men at the skills? Why aren't they making the shots from as far away? And so that's what I meant by it was discouraging. (laughs) You know, everybody out there was trained to the teeth. Got another call. This you may have you may have started something here. I really question. Yeah, I really appreciate this call. Let's see what these other callers saying. Give a call back if you want. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hi, am I on? Yep. Yeah. Oh, hey, it's uh your uh sports doctor calling. Boy, I was petty. I was just. I feel like you planted that collar. I did not. <laughs> we did not. And, and I almost quoted you something you told me once when I was uh, just. Ch- Do you remember? We talked for a half an hour about men's and women's. It was a great combo. Yeah. It was a. I thought it was a good conversation. Even I, I did. I agree. It was great. And yeah, I. Go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Tell me what were you no, going to say. I was going to say, I know someone now that you're on the line that said. The best solution in the long run is to end men's and women's sports and have just sports. But go ahead. That's what I remember. Now you talk now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, first of all, I, I think it's, it's, I don't feel like it's, it's my place to speak for what men want in men's sports or in men's whatever. <laughs> things that uniquely affect them. Yep. And so I, I, I never think it's a great idea for men to presume that they know like what women want out of sport. And I'm not saying mm. that all women want the same thing because everyone's really different. And I think that I think there are some women who do want to play with the men, and I think there are some women who don't. And I think that there should be space for both of those things. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say, because your caller just seemed very baffled as to, like, oh, these are, like, learned skills, I think that I, I to, to say that we've reached even parity in terms of the way, in terms of the funding even between men's and women's sports, starting at very young ages, um, I that's 
definitely not true. Um, and even on the collegiate level, that's not true. At like at, at the like, if you look at like you know Baylor men's basketball versus Baylor women's basketball, I'd be shocked if they were getting the same amount of, of funding. The other thing, and that and that I know that you know I told you that day that we talked is that. I mean, in the grand scheme of sport, women have, like, just been allowed to play at all. Just started. (laughs) Just started. I think that, like, I think that, um, I think it is still very early, and I think, um, I think, you know, men, I mean, also, I, I, I haven't watched collegiate basketball in a really long time, and so I don't even know, like, is men's college basketball similar to what, like, the NBA has become, which is a totally different game than I grew up with. Um, and, like, so I, I it, there, there could just be, you know, different skill sets that are more favored in the current way that men are playing versus the way that women are playing. I, I don't know because I'm not watching, but, um, so- but I think that, I, I, I think that, I guess my point is I think there is a space for, for integration, and there's also a space for continued segregation for people who want that. So I, I immediately went to look at this from a statistical standpoint because I think it's the only way that I can think about it that I think makes sense. Because what the caller said was, like, why are the men better shooters? Or, or like that, that was a, a, a version of what the previous caller said. And my immediate question was, is that statistically true? And so... I don't think it is if you look at it from that level. And the reason I I go down that path is I'm looking at – so Duke right now is the number one team in the country on the men's side. Baylor is number five. I pulled up their stats. The best shooter on Baylor on the women's team actually shoots a better three-point percentage than the best shooter on Duke's men's team from a a percentage standpoint. So to to say that – I, I don't know. I guess that that just kind of – I'm curious if I kept going and looking at this. I don't know how true it is that that caller's concerns are actually accurate statistically. I, I would argue more that the discouraging part to me would have been, going back to what the caller said, how he had you know big-time women's basketball on one TV, middle-of-the-road women's basketball – or excuse me, men's basketball on the other TV – the discouraging thing for me probably would have been the men's game that night, even though it was two no-name teams, probably had better TV ratings. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. would probably be the that would probably be for me be the biggest discouraging thing. Would be something like that because I don't truly believe if you look at it from a statistical standpoint, men are better shooters because I, I don't think I, I think the best shooter in women's basketball is going to shoot a very similar percentage. To the best shooter in men's basketball. I don't think there's going to be a stark difference between those two. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, so, and that that's a really good point. And I think that in, in a sport like basketball, like that, you know, that, that may, it may be that there there is either, like, equality of skill or, or that women might are better in some things um, or are, are stronger in certain things. But definitely, so your dad and I had this conversation, actually, around the Olympics. And so we're in certain sports that where either because of the rules or because of the nature of the sport, um, things like, you know, height and strength, like pure strength, like men are going to, I mean, men are, men are usually bigger than women in, in those sports. And so men are going to have an advantage simply because of, you know, the, what they're, the, 
what those sports like uh, require in order to be successful. Um, and so I think, yeah, even if for basketball, even if it's not, even if it's not the, even if the person's point is might not be accurate, it, it's probably accurate in other sports. So the, the argument continues to come up because of that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, but thank you. For yeah. This, yeah. For yeah I, I, I can I see that. I, but then I, I don't know what other sports are fair to, directly compare like I, I would never compare like a batter's batting average in baseball versus a batter's batting average in softball i don't think it's fair at all to compare those two things because they're they're wildly different sports i i and like i think soccer might be the only one i think you could try to make a direct comparison for but again i would go back to i don't know if they would be better statistically or or, or you yeah, know I, if, if I, you're translating yeah, that what- those two things yeah, I, I think what we question. were talking about was like swimming and like oh sure yeah, yeah yeah stuff like that yeah 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 In, yeah yeah okay. yeah, yeah. yeah like more of those individual sports and then you know kind of the argument that I had made right. was I mean if you if you instead of segregating by there might need to be some segregation but if you segregate by size like all the people huh. of this size are going to race in like the 100 meter. If you had it divided by that, not only would there be space for women, there would also be space for like smaller men who aren't like freakishly like have long arms like Michael Phelps, you know? So I think it, I think that like, like many things, like when you, when you kind of open the door and bring in more people, I do think that it, it you, you make space for more than just women, right? Like you make space for, for other men too, who may not qualify, who might not get to play just because they're not, they don't have freak anatomy. I've got a uh, caller, <clears throat> the Z-Man, as far as men's and women's teams, I mean, I'm sorry, texter, Z-Man, as far as men's and women's teams in basketball, they can't be fairly compared. There's a little thing called testosterone here. This allows for more of a power game in men's versus women's teams, but shooting, shooting should be comparable, and foul shooting, I believe, is, um, is better with, with women than men. I have a question for you, Patty, and then I want to take this other call. I, I, I want this semi-yes-no. I don't want to open up a can of worms here that we took 20 minutes on before. <laughs> so you're going to ask a question. So you're going to ask a question, but you don't want to open up a can of worms here. Is it true? I mean, those two things do if not we work train a thousand other. men and a thousand women exactly the same from birth, are there anatomical, physiological differences where the thousand men at some level will be stronger if they're done the same exact thing as a women or is that an environmental factor that we've created because that says men are stronger because they've been trained better and for longer uh, how many words do i get to answer this question <laughs> should we give her a minute jer <laughs> put, put, the, put the timer like, on. Okay. Like, I, be, like I said, I, I, I don't think you can ask that question. And Go ahead, Patty. Go ahead. I know. It's great. Okay. So, um, what I, so in terms of like so the size and testosterone thing, like, yes, that's true. But like, there are small men. Like, there are large men and there are small men, right? right. Like, we, we see this, like, uh, every day. And so, um, like, it, it's not just testosterone. Like, I mean, genetics plays a role as well. My, my whole argument is that 
if if we find other ways to like ha- like have fair competition and again like i do think by size seems very fair to me be- and then you will allow not only women in to compete against men but you'll let smaller men come in and compete too and why shouldn't they get to compete just because they don't they weren't born with like freakish genetics that make them very tall or make them have very long arms. No offense having to people a, who are much taller than I am. Having <laughs> a different scale to divide competition is a, an incredibly interesting, Patty. That's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear it explained that way. Let me take another call. Thanks, cool. Patty. Thanks, guys. Bye. You're on the air. Thanks for waiting. You're welcome. Hey, Young, Tim Anderson. Hey, Tim. Thanks for hey, listening. Tim. You betcha. Uh, a couple things. One, the, the first big um, trial I remember on TV was Oliver North. Ah, uh, that was right. That's what that was. That wasn't Nixon. It was Oliver North after yeah. Nixon. That's right. Uh, second, mm. I would agree with the the more recent caller in that um, the shooting percentages, I think he just happened to catch an off night for Baylor and an on night for the other ones. The Division One girls that I've been around, and it hasn't been a lot, but they could absolutely stroke the ball. Um, I would say shooting across the board for the women was potentially higher than men's, and Jerry can maybe back that up some. I don't know. What about um, foul shooting? Well, I, I remember... Go ahead, Jer. Well, I was just going to say this is purely anecdotal. I, I I don't have any. I don't have the stats up. I, I I can keep looking at stats, but Tim, I remember coming up through middle school and early high school, going to your open gyms. What, I would argue the best shooter in that gym was a girl on a regular basis in some in yeah. the open gyms when so I was younger Carissa coming Lang up through. Could, could shoot it, and then Cherie yeah. Ryden as well. Yeah, um, like, you know they both yeah. had super solid strokes as far as the girls that would come and play with the open boys gym. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And um, I don't know, I was I was almost a little taken aback by that the girls played hard, and that took them by surprise. Um, my experience in Fort Bragg so far is the three girls teams I've coached have played as hard as any boys that I've, I've ever coached. They absolutely get after it. I've got girls with bloody knees and bruises all over their bodies. And um, they, they 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 do not hold back by any stretch, um, and they're it's fun to watch because it is super energetic. We just had a, a hosted our first game uh, this last week in you know since pre COVID, and there was a ton of people in the gym. It oh, was nice. super exciting with an OT thriller, wow. and uh, we uh, all three Fort Bragg teams beat South Fork, but. Um, some crazy stats. Uh, we shot the ball 97 times and made 17 of them. Oh, <laughs> there were we had 60 rebounds. Some pretty alarming stats. Uh, oh. Or did you fu- did I your team by surprise? Did your team um, commit a few less fouls than you were complaining that your team was committing? Yes, for, yes. We, these these are uh, not free throws. These were uh, field goal attempts. But, uh, yes, we, we, we did a much better job of that. But um, the varsity boys right now are 
three and one, um, and we actually have league games starting next week, which is crazy. We've never had that before in the Christmas uh, pre-winter um, break mode. So we have two two league games before that, and I just watched some. Uh, maybe it'd foster a discussion with some basketball heads and where would Larry Bird fit in in today's game. Uh, Miles and I just watched a little Larry Legend highlight the other day. I don't think that guy gets quite enough credit for as athletic as he was. You know, he he might have not he was not Dominique Wilkins, but um, that guy could still. Um, rise up and, and do some pretty amazing things athletically, let alone his amazing skill set. I, I still say, Tim, that um, Larry Bird had some weird, um, like, had better vision than most people. I think he could see out farther around his back of his head or something. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> well, and just being a half a step above people, um, there were some pretty... Uh, amazing passes in that highlight video as well some over the shoulders and tips and different things that like you're saying that awareness of where people were was was phenomenal tim it's for me it's that it's fun i love these kind of conversations and 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 bird's always been a tough one for me because one of the things i try to do when you make when when these kind of things come up right is like how would this guy fare in the modern nba is I try to make like player to player comparisons, if that makes sense. Right. Just, where right. like, sure. so I'll, I'll take I'll take a super like obvious, well not obvious, but like a basic one is I think that there's a there's a it's not perfect, but there's a comparison to be made between Magic Johnson and LeBron. If you take like ball handling, size, scoring, passing, and all the like, I think there's those kind of things. I've never been able to place Larry Bird, and that's always frustrated me. Because I, I don't, Dominic? I don't know what the direct comparison is nowadays. That's the closest. Luca is the closest. Chair, I, I'm going to butt in you here. Think, yeah, Luca's. Yeah. Let, let me read this. I, I got to read it now. It's the perfect time. We had a, a, a one of our l- quieter listeners text this to me this week. A news reporter asked Michael Jordan if he thought the '90 Bulls could beat LeBron's Lakers. Just a general question. Michael Jordan said yes, and the reporter said, "By how much, Michael?" Michael said by two or three points. The reporter said, how come it's going to be so close? MJ said, most of us are 60 now. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Let me take another call. The phones are ringing like crazy here. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Thanks, Tim. I, I love you on Sunday nights, Tim. You're on the air. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hi, this is Kathy. Kathy? Oh, I've got it. Yeah, I've got some feedback on my phone. Yeah, this is Kathy Cox, and I want to go back to your thing about coaches. So I wanted to not okay. talk about a person who coached me, but about Slick in Anderson Valley High School. Yep. I, uh, as you know, taught at that high school for many years and have been retired now for a bit, about 10 years. But, um, and also, as you know, Anderson Valley was always arch rivals with Mendocino in volleyball. And until Flick came along, you know, Mendocino never really had any competition. 
And this year, I guess that it said that there was a playoff between uh, Anderson Valley and Mendocino, and Anderson Valley won in the last game. And so then we were in, uh, you know, we went into the league playoffs, the state playoffs, and I took my e- adult ESL class to the game. And once again, I was just in awe of what Flick, as the coach, does. He had this team of very small girls. I mean, these girls were tiny compared to, um, they, we were playing St. Bernard's. And, and there was no, there was nobody who could really spike. There was nobody with superpower. But those girls won all three games because they were so well coached and they were so disciplined. They were like, it was like watching a ballet or a well-timed assembly line. <laughs> Two, you know, totally different um, metaphors. But they were, it, it, his coaching, it's amazing what he uh, can, can do with a bunch of kids to get them to all the great things that coaches do for kids. I think he's a really good um, example of it. So, so caller, I did the book, the scorebook for Mendocino Volleyball my junior and senior years of high school. I somehow, I saw, oh, I, well, that's not true. I know exactly why I was dating one of the girls on the team at the time. And, and so I got really involved in Mendo Volleyball for about two years. And that was at, I think, one of the great peaks of the Mendo-Anderson Valley volleyball rivalry. And I just remember being around the Mendocino team and the Mendocino coach, and that was a group that could hit the ball hard. They had multiple players that went on and played college volleyball. And I've never been around a group that was more frustrated that they couldn't beat an Anderson Valley team because of how well they were coached. And it goes just to exactly what you were saying, where I think in the in the history of that Mendo-Anderson Valley rivalry, Mendo's always been the more aggressive, bigger team. But I don't Absolutely. think they've been consistently the team that wins as much. And it goes back to exactly what you just said. That I've never been around a group of players that were more frustrated that they couldn't beat in Anderson Valley because of how well coached they were and how good they were defensively. I, it was it yeah. was fascinating. And the other the other thing I'll say, and then Jim, I'll let you, I'll let you go, and we can get back to the caller as well. Was just I loved watching Anderson Valley play volleyball, and I and I think I still would because they do they play so differently than traditional volleyball in certain ways. I love teams that kind of do things in a different way, and I think the little I know about volleyball, how defensive Anderson Valley plays is unique. It is a different kind of volleyball, but I love that. I love teams that go about stuff in a different way. Well, you know, it's a perfect thing for that school where you've got right, right. <laughs> all these um, small kids. They and they and it's it, it's it, you know when you think about I've never been a huge actually before I came to Anderson Valley I was not a huge um, sports fan but I gotta say I really love high school small high school games because the beauty of a, of a small school is that everybody gets to play. And if you have a good, or everybody get, makes the team, they may, not, they may not get to play very much. But if you have a coach like Flick, 
you know, everybody gets good. <laughs> anybody, anybody around here knows the phenomenon of, of Flick's last thirty years, coach, coach Navy. Anyone that's into sports, I should say, and it's 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 fascinating. It's it's weird. It's 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 just tremendous what he's done for that program. The, the not quite the same, but a little bit the same. Um, Tim Anderson in Fort Bragg has always preached defense more than most coaches I know in the small school level. And he has pulled off victories with smaller athletes that were really focused on defense. It's a similar idea, but um, shout out to Flick. I think, Jared, it's time to get Flick on this show. Yeah. I got another another call, Kathy. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. Bye. You're on the sports phone. Oh, guys, great show tonight. Yeah, it's going strong. Yeah, this is a this is a good one. Very, very, very much so. Um, hi, where, where to go? Where to begin? Um, I guess for me, I'll, I'll roll off Tim here for a minute and just say basketball wouldn't be for me what it was without Larry and Magic and that era of basketball. So, Jerry, try to figure mm-hmm. out where you can plug Larry in. Guarantee you, he plays well. Yeah, yeah. What else you got, um, Vince? Yeah. <laughs> let me let me well, hear it. Well, I'll, I'll go. I'll go into the uh, the girls versus boys and the shooting. I, I think part of the higher shooting percentage on the girls side, if that is the case, Jerry, with your statistics, would also be based upon their game style is about ball movement and setting up really good shots. You know, it's not as much one on one pick and roll. You know, tougher pull-up jumpers. It's more about spreading the ball around. And I would, you know, I've watched a lot of girls' basketball. It's getting much more competitive and balanced and more fun to watch. And that would be my take on the shooting percentage side. Jim, did you, were you saying something there? Nope. No, okay. No, yeah, Vince, I, I agree. It's a it's a very different sport. I mean, and, and that that is the case. I think at all levels of of women's basketball, they, there's I think there's definitely more of an emphasis on set plays. I, I don't know if ball movements the right. I, I don't know if there's more emphasis on ball movement, but there's less one on one for sure. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely part of it. I and I, I wouldn't even go as far to say is that that statistically they're better shooters maybe by a percentage point or two but i i was just going off of like i don't think there's going to be an extreme difference for example i i found some rebounding stats the 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 ncaa men's leader in rebounding average is 16 the women's leader average is 14.8 so there's not a stark difference statistically between right. the two yeah. if, if you compare men's and women's sports like what they're doing in comparison to the rest of their sport Vince, yeah, that, 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 that makes sense we're rolling here. Uh, yeah, we're rolling yeah, here. It, it, it just reminds me, like watching Golden State play. You know, like the the, the extra right. pass, the the knowing where the the extra shooter is, like things like that. It's just like it seems like every team or the majority of them play that kind of style, yeah. uh, which which really is more fun basketball to watch. Sometimes, I mean, it's it's good to watch good ball movement and set plays and and organization. Um, do, yeah. do you like watching you know. females? Uh, play at college and professional level as much as you you like watching men's. No, I not as much, but I do enjoy it. Um, I, I think I, yeah, I, I don't think I enjoy it as much, but it's definitely I've I've grown to watch it more, hmm. um, which definitely means I'm liking it more. 
Yeah. Would, yeah, yeah, me too. I uh, yeah. I don't have. I'm kind of at the point with women's basketball. I keep going back to college because that's what stands out for me, where Mm -hmm. there was a point where I didn't watch a lot of men's basketball because I wasn't really invested in a lot of teams or coaches or programs, but I would get really into the NCAA tournament. Now I stay more engaged with men's basketball. I think with the women, I don't watch it purely because there's no one that there's no team or coach that I'm invested in rooting for. But come tournament time, I'll watch as much of the women's tournament as the men's tournament. It's it's just as much fun. And, And shout out. Uh, to the women's tournament, I don't think we've talked about this yet. They expanded to sixty-eight teams this year, so they're going to have uh, the full playing oh, tournament playing. that the uh, that the men have. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, it's fun to see what the different sports are doing with the because you know the NBA is keeping their playing tournament, which is kind of a I don't know if that's I'm sure the players don't like it as much, but uh, it adds an extra element knowing that you know two more teams have a chance to potentially get in. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fun to see those expansions a little bit. I, I, I kind of to go back to the beginning of the show, the college football like that needs to be expanded to get more teams in. Um, you know, I feel like they they got it right in a way with the four teams, but uh, the way they set it up, I don't think it, it, they they did a good job with the seedings. Hey Vince, I'm gonna I'm gonna take another call, but I I wanted to tell you something. You, you're always so open on, on how much you enjoy the sports phone and, and the service that we do, and you're a big part of it. I missed you the week. You you had like a streak going of like 30 weeks in a row, and I missed it the week you didn't call. I just wanted to say that before I took another call. Well, I, I appreciate that, Jim, and I, I missed you guys as well. Uh, good to hear your voices. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. You're on the air. Thanks for waiting. Yeah, hi, my name is Otto. I was listening to uh, the discussion uh, about uh, dividing up sports uh, by men and women and by sizes. It's interesting, if you look at the Olympics, uh, the classic sports that are really divided by weight class are boxing, wrestling, uh, and weightlifting, okay? And um, the fact is, as we all know, men tend to have uh, less body fat than women, just generally. So those weight classes would be interesting because even if you had a 120-pound person, uh, men are going to have more muscle mass. Um, but here's an interesting statistic that might really uh, that really blew my mind when I heard about it. In marathon running, okay, which, again, um, you have uh, Kenyan runners and, and whatnot. They don't tend to be very big. Size doesn't really matter. Um, you, a seven-foot-tall person, you know, really strong person, is not going to run a faster marathon. In marathon mm-hmm. running, men run about 11% faster than women, okay? Now, if you go into the ultra-marathons, these crazy events where they go 100 miles, and sometimes they have like a 24-hour period or a multi-day period, men only beat women by a quarter of a percent. 0.25%, which is astounding. And if that situation, maybe it's, I don't know whether they're allowed to eat during the, the run of year and maybe have water. I don't, I don't know if they're allowed to have food. But at that point, maybe having a little bit more body fat um, is an advantage because if you're going on a 100-mile run, at some point you're going to run out of reserves. So it's just a fascinating thing. From 11% down to a quarter of a percent, <clears throat> pardon me, a quarter of a percent faster. That's astounding. That, that, so that's, the, that's definitely the stat of the day. <clears throat> and, yeah. um, <laughs> geez, thanks. Yeah. 
Thank Great you. show. Love it. By the way, I'm one of those guys who's not really that much into sports, but I love your show. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Jared, I'm still saying every time someone says it, that's our slogan. I don't even like sports, but I like sports <laughs> phone. Hey, I, I want to so, say, but before. Real, real quick, sorry. I'm, yep. I'm jumping in here, Jim, real quick. Uh, the first look, ultra runners or ultra marathon runners, there's a go as you please rule. They can take walking breaks, eat or drink, even sleep if they want to, and especially of long races. Sleeping is not common, though. You have 30 seconds, caller. Jim, hi, this is Tim from uh, actually Lewis and Idaho today. Oh. And <laughs> I, the, the conversation has about, been about men and women's sports, and um, I don't know how I can work uh, Idaho into this uh, conversation at all. But um, I was interested in, in listening to the woman who was talking about small schools, and I know a fair amount about small schools because my kids went to a school that had a K-12 all under one roof, and I think there was maybe 150 kids in the whole school. Anyway, um, it was a great experience for them, uh, and they probably would have never been able to play um, uh, competitive sports bigger schools. Anyway, and they, it was. If you if everyone didn't play the sport, um, it was hard to field a lot of the team. There you go. You're almost out of time. I'll call. Please call. Whenever. We like the Idaho Thanks, calls. Thank you, Tim. you all right, Jer. I, I just want to say, um, Jer, that I, I think, and then we, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wind it up here. So get ready to wind it up. But the idea I'm, for I'm, the I'm ready. the idea for the week, Jer, could we have leagues that are based on something besides men and women's, where all basketball players that are under five foot would play men or women against each other? Interesting. Go ahead, take it yeah. out. Take it out. All right, we're going to wrap it up. We'll be back next week. That will be Sunday, December 12th uh, for another edition of the Sports Phone as we get closer to the holidays. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.